Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball, presented by Dugout Mugs. This is episode 122, the Miles Michaelis episode. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Kyle. Another solid interview, man. Just killing it, man. Love that. Uh, wow. I mean, we got to make the best out of these situations, obviously. But love that these guys are available to talk and, you know, get to uh, connect with the fans a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, as you kind of alluded to, we are trying to make the best of this situation. We are doing what we can to bring you baseball when there is no baseball. And yeah. I think these conversations have been just great like from from what i can tell the spirits of these guys are still pretty high like they're just i think majority of these guys are just ready to get back on the field and play baseball like they don't want to be talking about the virus anymore don't want to be talking about anything else other than doing what they get paid to do yeah what they're really good at and i think this all this stuff is is fun hearing just getting a little peek inside the clubhouse you know talking to miles you get to we got to hear a little bit of some funny stuff about, you know, behind the scenes of certain players and uh, the way he thinks, the way, you know, pitchers in general think. I mean, it's just a, it's a cool chance to uh, to see what's going on with these guys. And, uh, I mean, their mind's still right. They got to stay sharp. They have no idea when, you know, they're going to have to go back and get back into shape and gear it back up. So I think – that's what makes these guys professionals is that, you know, their mental state is obviously strong. Yeah, I think one of the things I've learned about these guys, the more we continue to do these interviews, is that none of these guys are alike. They all have different responses to everything. I mean, yeah. granted, they, they, they fall under that ball player culture and kind of that mindset and that approach. But this guy was way out of the box on some stuff. I love it. I mean, he it's made me think. Raw. Yeah. And it's just been something I've enjoyed, as I said, as we've done these interviews, is just getting a little, kind of like what you were saying, getting a little peek behind the curtain. And like I said, this one's out of the box. And I'm glad that you all will be able to listen in to, I mean, we've talked for almost an hour. So yeah, this will be a good one. Don't want to delay it any further. Without further ado... The Miles Michaelis interview. All right, so we are here with St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher and 2018 All-Star Miles Michaelis. Miles, what is self-isolation life looking like for you right now? Um, it's not it's not as terrible uh, for me as it is for most. I've got you know wife and three kids, so I'm I'm super busy. It's really easy for me to kind of keep my mind off it and just keep busy. Uh, Make sure my kids don't, uh, you know, get into too much trouble around the house. How old are your kids? Uh, my oldest just turned three, and the twins are just over one and a half. Man, do you get any sleep at all? And we have a, a puppy who's like eight months old. Yeah, <laughs> we sleep. Um, we sleep pretty well. Um, we have them on a pretty tight schedule, like seven thirty, seven forty-five. You're in your room, you know. Read them a book, rock them to sleep, put them in their cribs, put them in their beds, sing them a song. You leave, you turn the lights out. If they cry, you give them a minute, you go back in there. You, you know, sometimes wow. it's a little back and forth. Sometimes it's, but once they're once they're asleep, they're done. Everyone's usually asleep by eight thirty. Sometimes our oldest, she'll linger till nine. She keeps coming in our room. I want to watch TV. Blah blah blah. But everyone's a good, you know, I'm, I'm asleep by like 10, 10, 30 every night. And I'm up at seven, taking the dog for a walk and then getting breakfast started. That's impressive. Honestly, it's because it sounds like a madhouse. I, I, I can't get to sleep by 10, 30 and I'm alone. There's, there's time like today, everyone woke up from naps. Like the twins were just all over the mat. Like didn't <laughs> want this, didn't want that. You want to go inside. They want to play Outside, inside, outside, inside, outside. Nobody was happy till like dinner time, and then after that, everyone was good. So sometimes it gets hectic, but most of the time, our kids are pretty good. So it sounds like you got 
a pretty good hold on, on what's going on around the house, but something that you gotta, you gotta have in the back of your mind right now is this, this has to be helping a little bit with the, the timetable with you, with the injury. Is that, is that correct? I mean, obviously we want the season to start, but I feel yeah. like for you, it's gotta be a little helpful knowing it's getting pushed back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just knowing that once the season does start, you know, if, when, I'm just going to go with when, because I'm always looking at the silver lining here. Um, when it does start, I will be able to help my team right out of the gate and not not have to kind of sit there and, you know, watch my boys go to battle without me, which is really nice. Um, I'm in my in my throwing program, long tossing, probably off a mound here pretty soon. Um, if we were in the middle of a season, I'd feel pretty good about uh, the timeline we had kind of mapped out. And, you know, I'd, I'd feel feel really good about joining them when I was supposed to, but now I got a little extra time to, to really get in shape and really, you know, kind of, kind of get to work on that stuff and, and not be rushed into anything, you know, physically, which is nice. So we were chatting with a couple other guys, um, you know, over these last couple episodes for us and they kind of walked us through what the process was like of how, you guys got the news that, you know, spring training was done, you know, facilities are closing down. Kind of walk us through what that was like for you guys down in Florida. It happened pretty quick. It was like, hey, let's make sure we wash our hands. And then like four days later, it was like, <laughs> we're shutting it down. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody didn't like, wash. Wash your hands. Be careful out in public to. We're shutting it down. Like hang out and then at first it was like hang out and we'll see where this goes and then like three days after hang out and see where it goes it was like you might as well go because it's shut down and then it was like okay we're gonna stay open for a little bit and then it was like a week of you know you can come in between these times and you know use the facilities and by then there was only like half a dozen guys hanging out anyway and a week after that they were like no one can come in and now it's like I want to say it's like medical, medical rehab kind of stuff only. And it's like, you know, one-on-one, no groups, like one trainer, one guy. And then they leave the building and like another trainer, another guy um, kind of do that. So like medical stuff only. And it's tough. It's even tough to find like a place to throw a ball into a fence. Like they're closing local parks, which I think is somewhat foolish because before they closed them, we went to a few local parks and, you know, you got a huge park, a couple of baseball fields. You might have like one person on each field and like some people in the batting cage, very spread out, very distant. That's what they're using, socially distant, very distant. And then you're closing the parks so that everyone's going to try to go find like the one park that's open but that doesn't have gates or the one walking trail that's not closed. And I feel like you're just going to herd these people in more instead of letting them go to the the public park, you know, like put a ranger at the park and say, okay, like no birthday parties. But if there's like, you know, if I'm throwing baseballs into the fence in right field, someone can throw balls into the fence in left field <laughs> near them. Like I'm not, so that, that's a little frustrating. I'm going to end up with like a, like a shower curtain in between two ladders, like letting, <laughs> letting them rip. I got enough space in the, in the backyard, but. It'll be frustrating, but we can make do. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I've seen, I've already seen a number of videos surfacing on social media of guys around the league that are just trying to make do with what they've got at home. Are you, are you in the, in the process of trying to do something there? Cause it sounds like pretty much any of the areas around you are already shut down. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a super, I'm good at ingenuity. Maybe like I'm, I'm, pretty good at thinking outside the box and figuring stuff out um when i was a kid right when i had passed the point where like my dad could catch a bullpen like he's like i'm not catching that I'm like well, what are we gonna do so we set up like an old fax machine on top of a bucket and i just threw baseballs at this fax machine <laughs> fax machine was the strike zone and you know that was that was a bullpen that day and it was fun because like by the end of it the fax machine was was kind of fried. It was when office space was big and they were like busting up the fax machine. 
So that was kind of fun. <laughs> but I can figure it out. And I got some kettlebells in the garage, some rubber bands, bags of sand. I got the tree I can cut down. <laughs> I can run in the neighborhood. I got a dog. I got kids to chase after. So there you go. I'm gonna be, uh, you know, like everyone else. I'm gonna be in the best shape of my life when this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How do you feel this spring? I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And then, uh, Mark Collins. So is there a, are you like a show or movie guy? Have you been, been diving into some binge, some binge action or what? Yeah, I'm on like season four, Adore the Explorer. And, nice. Uh, <laughs> um, we watch Frozen 2 like four times a day. Perfect. Um. But not not a whole lot. By the time it's time for me to like watch a TV show, it's like right around now. You guys are eating into my. Ah, my oh TV man, show. might have to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, it's you know from like nine to, from nine to ten we're watching something. Usually, um, I'm not you know I can kind of sit there and watch whatever. My wife and I were actually watching. Um, I wouldn't say it's like embarrassing, but we're watching uh, Gossip Girl. She was. She was rewatching it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And then it's it sucks you in. Like I can't. Hey, like, no the, shame. After the first season, I'm like, I'm like, eh, it's whatever. By the end of the second season, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's, what's Blair going gonna do? I'm like, I'm like, I'm eating breakfast, and I'm like, Lauren, you gotta tell me what happens. Like I gotta know what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's fun, and I think we'll we'll finish that, and then we'll watch something else. We had watched The Crown, which I really liked. Um, on Netflix, I thought that was cool. I, th- I thought the history aspect of it was super cool, and I learned stuff that I think they should have been teaching in school. You're just they, you're just gonna come out of this in better shape and they, smart. They, I mean, <laughs> the guy who was the King of England was practically a Nazi. How do they not teach you that in school? But then you got to learn it on like a Netflix like documentary series, like things things that maybe they should let you know. In school, I get it's not our country, and it, but it was like World War, you know, World War Two. That's kind of important, like almost like a lesson to be learned. Like, don't, don't be that guy. <laughs> don't th- be enough. I think you have a second career in in some sort of board of education or something. Nah, my my brother's a teacher up in Orlando. Lauren was a, was a, a kindergarten teacher. Um, there's a lot, a lot of bureaucracy in the school. I'm not in none of that. <laughs> You're just here to throw baseballs fast. That's all you're here I'm, to do. I'm just here to throw baseballs and then, you know, take care of my kids and my family in between. And one day when I have the time, do some fishing. That's about That's There you go. That's what I'm here for. That's what I was going to ask, actually, is like, what is your, when you don't have 60 consecutive days off, um, during the regular season, you know, you get a day off. What are you typically doing if you're at home, not having to travel? Um, like in St. Louis, yeah, hanging out, take the kids to the park, enjoy it, fill up the kiddie pool in the front yard, um, go to the zoo. St. Louis got a pretty good zoo, Uh, but like family stuff, family stuff on the road, it would be golf or if it's an, if it's close to the water, I find somewhere to fish. I fished in San Diego last year. It was pretty cool. Um, we did some trout fishing in Colorado. I thought was really nice. nice. Um, played some super nice golf courses, which is really fun. Uh, but I like to I like to be outdoors. Sometimes what are you I shooting like on the links? Mid eighties. Best rounds like seventy nine maybe, and it was a it was a short course, and it was raining. The greens were slow. I'm not good at putting. My short game, the off the tee, pretty nice. Yeah, you know, irons hit my irons fairly well. When I'm playing a lot, when I, you know, when I'm in shape to golf, but the putting, I don't know. It's not as fun. It's not as fun to me. Like smacking that ball all around. That's fun. Putting. Eh. You never get to hit. I mean, no, that's, that's hit. what's tough. I get to swing it. But... You get swings every once in a while, but you don't get to let it eat. Like, like you do on a golf course. Right. No, I think, I think, uh, I was getting to the point where I was actually starting to care about my putting because the guys I was golfing with were better golfers than me and they were giving me like tons of shit about it. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to get better at this. And then, you know, with the arm problems this spring, I kind of said I wasn't going to even golf this year, just take it off. Just it, 
never bothered me golfing, but priorities. Nate, it yeah, sounds like priorities. you all would be much better yeah. suited to to hit the links together. I shoot about an eighty. What'd you say, Miles? You shoot a seventy nine eighty or like mid mid eighties? Mid mid. I'm pretty consistent in the mid eighties. That's about me through nine. So sounds like <laughs> sounds like Nate would uh, be much much better fit. Uh, Miles, when you you were talking about being on the road. Uh, are you a, are you a foodie guy when you're on the road? Are you trying to hit up restaurants in, in all, in the, in the cities you all visit? If, yeah, if we have time for sure, I'm trying to find a nice steakhouse or a nice sushi restaurant. And then I'm trying to get like a big old stack of pancakes or French toast or something nice and sweet breakfast. I'm a big breakfast guy. I wake up and go get breakfast. I'm not asleep. I'm not asleep till like noon guy. I'm up. Even if I'm even if it's a late game and I go to bed at one o'clock in the morning, I'm up at like nine, eight hours of sleep. You oversleep, you don't feel good. That's the that's yeah. the thing. At least I don't. And they say sleeping too much is bad for you. So. Got to get the pancakes in. Yeah. Is there a couple okay. spots that you can think of off the top of your head that you that are your favorites? Restaurant wise. Um, there's a nice place in Cincinnati called the Sleepy Bee which is pretty nice. They've got some good pancakes. Um, anywhere there's a waffle, any city there's a Waffle House, I'm there. I feel like that's every after, city. I'll, I'll go there after the game and then I'll wake up and I'll go in the morning. That's culture. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's great. Waffle House is delicious. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of places. I mean, like some of the hotels, I mean, they, you know, they put us in nice hotels. Some of the lobbies, um, just the, the lobby in was it the Ritz in Chicago, they do like a really good pancake and good French toast. Um, a lot of good places. I don't, I don't remember all the names of them necessarily, but. But you got them and you know them when you, when you get to the city, you know, that's where you're headed. Yeah. Or I'll like hit up Yelp or I'll like Google, I'll just, I'll just Google like San Francisco breakfast. And it just, you know, you look through and like, what's good. And once I've been there and as soon as I see it pop up, I'm like, oh, that's the place that we went. And the guy was like shooting his foot with needles across the street, and we were eating pancakes, washing through the window, and it was the perfect. perfect. <laughs> People, they're everywhere, but they got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm gonna dive a little baseball here. We're okay. gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit here. When I when I googled you and I was doing a little research, getting my questions together, you know, seeing what you're like. One of the first things I saw was this nickname. Uh, lizard lizard king you stole it i was gonna get into that what yeah, is that about that was the evil twin i used to have and i killed him and he doesn't live here he oh, he's gone <laughs> um you know naked and afraid was big back then uh you know survival skills and you know you're in arizona you're in the desert you know yeah. you gotta eat and if things blow up on youtube and you know i'm still still waiting for like that youtube you know, ad hit money. Whoever the guy who set up the account probably getting money off of it right now. I'm not seeing any of it. So I don't know. So what, just randomly ate a lizard sometime, or what happened? Um, I caught it, and we're trying to get someone else to do it, and it was a bet. And I was trying to pay my clubhouse dues for the fall league, and they're like, "Well, you do it," you know. I know punk beer, so <laughs> not, does I see you uh, I, does I see you prep it with a little soda or something? Is that what I saw on there? I don't clean it off. I figure, you know, if soda cleans a toilet, it would clean a lizard. <laughs> Fair enough. The logic is there. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get lizard disease. I, I don't know what they give you, but sure, that's a thing. So I'm curious as to why you didn't go with Lizard King for the Players Weekend. I saw it, which, by the way, I got to give you credit. 5280s, that's, I mean, yeah. the more, the, after I say it out loud, I can understand why you'd go with that because that's just brilliant. But yeah. I'm wondering if you if you were facing some pressure to go with Lizard King. No, because I think Lizard King is a stupid nickname. <laughs> okay, so you are not a fan of the, the Lizard King. Not really. People ask me to sign baseballs with it. I say no. I, then I sometimes I don't even sign it. I'm like, no. Respect. I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, of all the things I've done, people are going to be like, oh, you're the guy. That, I mean, it, it just, to me, sometimes it stinks. Like, you hit one home run and you're not a home run hitter, but like, if you get 
a DUI, you're the dude that's always the drunk driver. I don't have one a DUI, but I'm just like an example of like you do something bad and like that's who you are. You do something good and like no. Continuing that thread in terms of things you've done, can we talk about this Soto incident? Walk us through that game and and kind of your thought process because I saw, uh, I guess you had a, I mean you had a number of interviews following that game and from what it sounds like. It was all in good fun, good natured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have absolutely zero issues with him as a person or a player. I've heard he's a super nice guy and he's super talented. So, I mean, he's, I got him being a great guy. And, um, you know, he's got his little, his little shtick that he does, that little, you know, the shuffle, whatever. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a big spot for us in that game. And I got him out and I just want to let him know, like, hey, like, I got you that time, you know, he takes me deep this year and he wants to give me, give it back to me. Like I'll gladly, you know, go ahead. He got me. I mean, he had a home run off me earlier in the year, the year before, like he's got some hits off me. Like it's not like I own him or anything or he owns me. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know the numbers exactly, but I think it's all in good fun. I think if you can keep it in good fun, I think it's good for the sport, you know, guys giving it back to each other. I wasn't like offended by him doing it in the box. Does it, as a pitcher, does it kind of like, it makes me want to get him out a little more like shuffling, grabbing his junk, like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, it gets you fired up and I was both fired up. And I thought, you know, kudos to him. He handled it super well. Like he didn't get real upset and like start yelling at me or chirping back. He just kind of nodded. and was like, you got me, you know, he's probably just thinking, Hey, I'm going to get him next time, which is, you know, he probably next time I faced him, he probably got it off me. So, were you a little disappointed when you went back and saw? Because I'm sure you went back and saw the 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 incident on TV. Were you disappointed they cut you off at your waist and went up? No, you got to keep it PG thirteen, kids. Yeah. You know? uh, respect, respect. Yeah, that's Took away. I, I feel like it took away a little bit from the drama of it all, but that's just me. I mean, you know, you. But how much can you show like on TV? Like you're not trying to get. Gra- you know, graphic. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the camera angle looked like. Maybe it was flattering. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm glad they didn't show it. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. So are there, let's see if I can get you to name drop a little bit. Are there some players that you, you're like, mm, I'm going to gear it up just a little bit more when you're in the box? Um, yeah, I mean, if it's like a like a big name guy or a guy that's like guys that are like super swaggy, um, everybody on the Dodgers. <laughs> um, yes, you know, it's just it's just a thing. Like, I think I think it's great. I think it's fine. But then there's guys like who I think are swaggy that maybe haven't earned the right to be swaggy. Like, dude, you hit. You hit like 30 home runs a couple years in a row, dude. Like, take your time, get in the box, you know, dig in, whatever you're doing. Like, you got a couple years in the show. Like, I respect that. You got your routine, you're kind of swag. But, like, when young guys come up, like, I'm a top prospect, but I haven't done anything to prove myself. But look how swaggy I am. I don't necessarily appreciate that. Get in the box, let's go. Well, speaking of swag, can we talk uh, Yachty and your relationship with him? What what it's like to throw to one of our generation's best catchers, in my opinion. It's like, you know, when you like, like the, the Velcro, like stick ball that like sticks to the pad, just like, it almost seems like he's like a human Velcro pad. Like you jump and like stick on the thing. <laughs> like, I mean, that ball did stick to his chest protector the one time, but legitimately like he catches everything. He scoops everything. It's unbelievable. And as to, as a pitcher, sometimes to go back and like watch the game and really see what he's doing back there and how he's calling the game. Cause sometimes in the, in the middle of it, you're just like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Fastball or Ooh, okay. You know, curveball. But then when you go back and look at it and you're like, you watch, you can watch the hitters reaction and like Yachty kind of, you know, peeking up at him and like watching his swing and reading the defense and how he reads the game and how he calls pitches based on, on his feel for the game is incredible. And it's something that I'm doing my best to, to kind of figure out how, how his mind is working there. So, you know, the Duke could probably catch forever, but at some point he's, he's probably going to want to 
you know, right off into the sunset. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have to try to do my best to remember everything that, that he was doing back there and, and everything that I learned from him. Well, talking about, you know, from one stud to the other, what's it like being teammates with Adam Wainwright? Another guy who's just fired up, always looking for dubs, always doing what he's got to do to get a dub for his team. Like, what's it? I mean, that guy's, a, boy, I think a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's just, I mean, you know, Hall of Fame player for sure, Hall of Fame person, like, no doubt. I mean, he's just like, he's such a cool guy. I mean, and he's not that much. I mean, yeah, he's the oldest guy on the team, I think. And he's, you know, like seven years older than me, but he's like a, like a dad, like walking around the club. It's like, he's a dad. Like, it's, I guess it's kind of funny to think about it. Um, but I mean, like the way he takes care of young players and just everyone in general and how he uses that caring mentality to also like try to win. Cause he, he knows it's in everyone's best interest to, to help everyone on every level possible, whether it's, you know, keeping guys happy with jokes, you know, being serious, pumping guys up, you know, competing the way he does. Um, I don't think there's a thing we do on the field where he's not trying to, to be the best at, whether it's, you know, pitchers batting practice or, you know, running the bases. Like he, he wants to be the best at everything. I think it, it rubs off on everyone because you don't want, you know, no one wants to lose. And he's, you know, he's a, he's a super good example of, of what a, you know, what a baseball player, what a pitcher, especially I think, you know, should be and should do. So speaking of guys that you're around, uh, a go-to question that I always have for guys that we're able to chat with um, is who is a guy for you that maybe gets a bad rap and in, in terms of maybe he's not accurately uh, portrayed in the media and he can either be a guy that you play with or a guy that you frequent throughout the season. Gets a bad rap. Um, I don't think I've been on the, on the end of that, you know, seen that too much. Um, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is in 2018, we had the whole, um, I think it was the athletic, maybe the guy wrote the article about Bud Norris was kind of like the, the rookie hazing stuff with some of the younger guys in our bullpen. And I wasn't in the bullpen, so I didn't see everything, but I mean, I thought Bud was an awesome dude. Um, I enjoyed his company a lot. He used to tease me all the time, like give me tons of shit. And I just, gave, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. I thought his jokes were funny. You know, try to get under your skin a little bit here and there, but I gave it right back to him. I'm the kind of guy that doesn't really let that stuff bother me. And I thought he got a bad rap. I know there were some people like saying, like in the article, like that teammate was going over the line, but I think he's, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a, a super good teammate and a great baseball player. Too. He's a really right. good golfer. There you go. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Kyle, we got to get you on the links, man. Yeah, we just got to. Uh, it's, it's not worth it. You got to loosen it up a little Save bit. all the time. <laughs> um, so, Miles, you're at this point where, you know, you're you're in your 30s now. You're obviously a veteran at this point, but I feel like you're just now breaking into the peak. You're getting to that point where your household name, you're starting to do stuff like leading leagues and a lot of different stats. So what was it like? you know, going through this career where you're going through a draft and, you know, you're trying to make your way through the, through the ranks, get called up, have to go across seas to play a little bit. Like, what was it like coming back? And now that you're at this point of, you're kind of a stud now. It's kind of weird. I mean, I guess every athlete always thinks like, not always think like you're the best, but like you always, you know, I guess always like believe in yourself. And so then when it happens, like, I wasn't like I was like surprised, but I'm like, ooh, really happened. So that was so it it it's a mix of like satisfaction, like, oh, all this work finally paid off. And then it's also a mix of, you know, I have to pinch myself, like, is this real? And it is. So it's like super neat. So talking about transitions, something I wanted to ask you about, because I feel like this question gets brought up a lot, especially with pitchers for whatever reason. In terms of October versus the regular season. Are you a guy that's on the side of it's just another game or do you, are, are you the guy that tries to kick it up another gear and really 
double down on whatever it is that you're trying to do? Um, I mean, can you be both? I mean, I think first and foremost, I'm trying to win every game. I'm never not trying to win. Um, this stage is, you know, the stage is different. There's, there's more eyes on you. You know, you're, you're in the playoffs. There's not 15 baseball games going on. There's like three. So like everyone's, you know, everyone's watching you and you know, that's a little different. So like you, you, you can feel the pressure a little bit, but it's just, you know, an ounce and out. I'm trying to get outs. If it's the first start of the season, I'm trying to win that game. If, if I'm on the bench and I'm not pitching, that's the most important game. The most important game of the year is the game you're playing that day. I mean, you know, you win the division by one or two games. How many? Oh, I'm going to go out here. It's mid, it's, it's mid June. It's hot. I'm just going to try to five. Like, no, you don't just, you know, it's hot. I'm going to five and dive if we win or lose. It's the middle of the season, whatever. No, like every game counts. There's, there is no game. You know, loss is loss, a win is a win. I think it's you can feel the pressure, but I think the mentality is I'm going out there trying to trying to win every game that I'm in, and you know you you pace yourself through the innings, but at the end of the night, when I need to empty, you know, if I have to empty the tank in the third inning to make sure that you know I protect a a, a one run lead after we battled after we battled back, or if it's the seventh inning and I'm cruising and all of a sudden there's guys on second, third, and we're up by two. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to empty the tank any game of the year, any time in order to to win a ball game. I like it. This another question we always ask guys, um, just because we're seeing so many different things being proposed to try to kind of help out our viewership in this game and get the fans a little more engaged. And you know, there's rule changes that are obviously starting to be implemented. What's something that you feel like the game could do to help out a little bit? What would you want to do? A lot of guys want to mic up players. Like, I think you could mic up position players, but I don't think you can mic up pitchers necessarily. I mean, also baseball players probably swear a lot, especially pitchers. <laughs> um, I think that might help a little bit. You know, you could speed the game up, like a little more action. Um, but I think in order to do that, you got to get these swaggy guys and be like, just get in the box. <laughs> so, you know, your song is, you know, you got to walk for like 20 seconds, get in the box. The guy through, you know, the thing that I stink guys, you know, so does the, the shuffle a little bit. He shuffles and then he like wants to like walk out of the box and like check your gloves. Like dude, ball one, next pitch, here it comes, get in the box, strike one. Like I understand like as a hitter, you want to think about it. Like, Ooh, do a curveball. What's going to go now? What's going to do? Get in the box. Here it comes. Like, think faster. You need to think faster to help the action out. Um, outside of the box, what if you put a guy from the other team out on defense and let him, like, play defense on the defense? Okay. Like, you know, walk, me, walk me through this. Okay. So, like, you're probably going to want to put him in the outfield, and you're, you're going to want to have, like, pass interference-type rules. But, you know, give me a guy – and say he's going to cover the center fielder. It's like you hit a fly ball to center field, and now all of a sudden it's like a game of 500, and you got to kind of jockey for that ball. Oh. With like, you know, the guy, you know, there's a person on defense out there, and then someone from the team who's batting is out there trying to – Mess him up. Yeah, like run and jump and like get in his way or – mess them up and you'd have to tinker with how the rules work but like if you had another guy out there on defense make you no know, run around there like wreaking havoc maybe so if there's a ball just laced right at him he just chills lets it go over the fence and like 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 well like maybe if center fielder's gotta go it, get it like if, if the guy from the team hitting catches it it's like an automatic double it's like routine pop fly to center field but you got your guy out there and you know you probably want to pick a guy who's like a pretty fast or can like, you know, has like a really big body. He's like boxing the guy out. He boxes out the center fielder. He catches it. Automatic double. Or automatic. It's unique. I like it. I'm like the distance of it. So that way, if it's like a really high routine pop fly, maybe the guy from right field, he's got to bust his chops to help the center fielder box out this big guy so they can actually make the out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, no more left fielder just spectating on on a can of corner center field. Like, you gotta get over. You gotta have a <laughs> guy 
catch that ball. You know, he might just run and like make a Superman catch in front of the guy trying to box him out. Who on the cards are you nominating for that position? Um, you guy like uh, like Flair. It could be a pitcher. Pitcher is the best athletes on the field. Guy like <laughs> of course, there it is. <laughs> athlete, the dude's fast. He's got like a crazy vertical jump. The dude like vertical jumps and sprinting. Like I'm sliding a credit card under my feet. This dude's like touching his head to the ceiling. So you can use a guy like him. You want someone, someone who's going to be quick, probably you know to get there. But I think you're going to want someone a little bit bigger. You know, you got a routine fly ball center field. You got a, you know, a speedster like Bader, but then you got a guy like Flaherty who's like six five and jumping out of the gym. He's going to reach up and snag that. So you're going to want want someone like that. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. I love it. It's, I mean, it's, it's the most like out of the that <laughs> truly is very out of the box. Like if you want to make this like the XMLB, like the XFL, like the extreme <laughs> baseball league, do that. Like MLB Slugfest. Yeah, some some weird. <laughs> That's cool. You could stop the shifting, could speed the game up a little bit by running around. That does take time, for sure. You got you to gotta step off the rubber, let guys move. Are you an anti-shift guy? Um, If we have a shift on and a dude like squibs the ball to third base, I'm an anti-shift guy. If we got a shift <laughs> on and he laces it to the second baseman in right field, I love it. So that's just the best. It depends. That's fair. If it it benefits me, I love it. If it doesn't. That's fair. So one idea, because we've seen, like, I always refer to, like, the two major sports with the NBA and the NFL. Um, We see, like, skills challenges during the All-Star week. Would you want to see something like that where you do, like, a pitcher skill challenge? What skills would you want to do? Hopefully it's not, like, PFPs or... Something lame. Um, I mean, I mean did you just hear like his outside of the box in, idea, Nate? I don't think it'd be PFPs. <laughs> in Japan, they have like the bunting derby. I mean, pitchers bunt. You could you could have pitchers bunt. Um, I'd I'd like to see the. I think I I speak for all pitchers. I'd like to see the pitchers home run derby. That'd be fun. Because down with that. You got a guy lobbing him in there. I'm dropping tanks as soon as you throw a little wrinkle in it. No chance. <laughs> but if it's straight, you know. I'm a big guy. Pitchers are big guys. A lot of the pitchers, like that dude for the Pirates, like Joe Musgrove, who's like 6'7", like 260. Guy's humongous. <laughs> drops tanks. Mass Bumgarner drops absolute tanks in batting practice and in games. But I feel like that would be an interesting – people would then realize, like, wow, these pitchers are going to be great at men's league softball and they retire. <laughs> but it's, other, other than that, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, I don't know what other – what other pitchers challenges? A lot of pitchers like to throw the aerobie before the game. You can do like an aerobie challenge, that frisbee. Guys like throwing the frisbee. Uh, fungo golf. You can do like a round of golf. That's um, a good one. Like pumpkin pumpkin seed or sunflower seed snapping. I've seen Adam Wainwright snap a sunflower seed like from our dugout or a pumpkin seed from our dugout, like almost all the way to third base on the other what? side. I mean, he just he does something, and he and he does it left-handed. I can barely snap left-handed. He does it left-handed, <laughs> like he pops it, and it's just like a missile. Back to this Love pitcher's it. home run thing. Nate and I are both, uh, admittedly, universal DH guys, but I'd be da- if if Major League Baseball could pool these guys together that supposedly can just drop bombs, which I believe they're out there. I I just don't think we see it enough. But I think if the league could pull no, these guys together before the stadiums even really open. Exactly. I mean, I could potentially change my mind on the whole DH thing. You ever been to Bush Stadium before? I've been to the old one. I have not been to the new one yet. Okay. All right. Well, I was going to tell you where I went in batting practice, but it doesn't make sense now. <laughs> well, you can tell us, and we'll go back. We can go back and reference it. There's there's a Powerball sign above Big Macland, on like for the third deck. I hit one off the sign on the third deck. I heard Bumgarner hit one because we played the Giants, and they're like, oh, yeah, Bumgarner hit one like into the third deck. So that's all I wanted to do. The closest I came was hitting one off the facade of the third deck. But like I said, Bumgarner, 6'5", like 260, something like that, hitting balls 500 feet back. That's insane. Yeah. I like it. I mean – Shed a little more light on it because for us universal DH guys, for the D- universal DH listeners, like 
Because I I'm so sick of just seeing guys stand there for, for two strikes and then they take a, you know, a half-hearted swing. Like, what's okay, your mentality so, to get in the box? So this is my thought on hitting. Like, again, I'm a little flaky. I hit a home run. Like, I love hitting for the next month. Guys throwing, you know, I got to face, like, Castillo, whatever, guys throwing 100. I'm like, dude, bring the DH. This stinks. This is miserable. <laughs> but I think the universal DH is fine. But when the starting pitcher comes out, you lose the DH. I think that's how they got to do it, because you're you're losing, because you're you're giving a. I'm not, I don't want to get into like like the the who gets a job and who doesn't, but you do universal DH. You're giving a job to to one guy, and you're taking away the job of all the utility guys out there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like you don't need a utility guy to fill in because the guy DHs. He weighs. Guy can weigh 400 pounds and be 40, you know, 50 years old, just trying to hit home runs in your four hole because they don't have to ever do anything else. But I think it's fine to have the universal DH, but as soon as your starting pitcher is out, then you lose them, and then you got to play the chess game because then it's more interesting as a fan. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. they pulled the pitcher, now they have to pull the DH. Who are they going to switch around? Like, the second baseman going to go to third. He's going to bring in so and so off the bench. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. So I think that's that's the concession I would make. So that basically gets rid of openers. You cool with that? Yeah, I think the okay. opener is is super smart, and it's like a baseball like statistic wizardry thing. But it does get rid of the opener. Maybe you could you could switch it to like um, maybe you have an opener, and then as soon as you put that second guy in, like then you get a DH, or maybe you have like. You pick your pitcher for the game. Like, okay, so I'm pitching on Wednesday. I have a designated hitter for me. You know what I mean? So like, That's if, fair. If so as soon as you're out, game, whether you're if, starting the game or not. Yeah. If you start the game, you're hitting for yourself because you get one DH and you assign that DH to one other player. He I is. Like that. I, I have my own personal designated hitter. I like that. I, like I think that would work. I think that would work. I hope the commission's listening. That's a super fresh <laughs> idea. We'll hit them up. Anyone, I don't know if anyone's had that idea before. I've never heard that. I actually haven't either. You designate the because it is it is a designated hitter, but you can only designate him for one person. I mean, not that we're in the business of people pleasing, but I think that's a pretty brilliant idea to appease both crowds. I mean, if you've got a pitcher who's a really good hitter, maybe you use your designated hitter for like your long guy in the bullpen or like your setup man. You so know, let a mad Grinke, bump swing. Grinke, that's like 280 every year. Grinky hits for himself. As soon as you pull him and then boom, you have a, you can, you have a DH for your bullpen or something like that. I can get on board. I like it. I do like that. So miles transitioning back to off the field stuff, a little more looser of a question. Okay. If you were not playing baseball, what would you be doing? I think like if you had asked me this question a couple of years ago or like in high school or in college, it'd probably be different. But right now I think I'd want to be a lawyer. Oh, I like to argue and I, I can see both sides of just about any argument. And I went into like a small claims court thing one time and I just thought like it was super neat. I mean, I'm not saying I want to like small claims court, but it was very interesting like the people there and the judge and all that stuff. But I think I'd be a lawyer. Also, because like lawyers can also still make really good money. And it sounds like you're also really good at thinking outside the box too. So that's always a skill that that's good to have. Yeah, but you have to read a lot. I don't love reading. And I know like as a lawyer, you have to read a lot. Mm. But yeah. I could figure that out. Well, I like it. Um, I don't know. You, you just took it off the field. I was I was going to go we, back we take the it other back way. The field. Back we'll, the other we'll way. Go over the foul line and we'll back over. Yeah. Um, Wait, hold up. Pause. That just what? made me think of something. Are you a hop over the line guy or do yeah. you care? Most definitely hop over the line. Okay. Smart. Yeah. Just, okay. Wanted, to, just wanted to make that clear. Okay. When you got to the show, could be at any point, didn't have to be when you first got called up. Who was someone that you were starstruck by? On my own team or on any team? Any team. Anybody. Um, I mean, when I came up with San Diego, uh, Trevor Hoffman wasn't playing, but he was like in the clubhouse a lot. I mean, like, wow, Trevor Hoffman. Yeah. Pretty cool guy. A lot of saves, 
you know, great ball player, cool dude. Uh, I'm trying to think like San Diego because that was my first my first experience. We've been like Houston Street. Um, I was like, wow, the Houston Street, like, dude, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then like when when we played other, I thought for me it was usually when like you played other teams because like you meet the guys on your team in spring training, and, like you know them a little bit, so like the the wow like starstruck like doesn't stick as long because then like you're like oh my god that guy and then like he's like pooping in the stone actually and you're like hey, normal guy. <laughs> um but on other teams it would have been like uh like facing uh like facing Pujols when he was the angels um like jeter when he was on the yankees like i was super pumped that i got to face him before he retired when i was with texas we went and we played them in Yankee Stadium and I got to face them. I thought that was cool. Um, really wanted to face Chipper Jones. We were in Atlanta because that was his last season. And he played like the day before and hit like three home runs. And that was when I was in the bullpen. So it was like, I, you know, I wasn't going to get in the game. Like if we were getting blown out, we were losing like 10 rounds. I wasn't getting in the game. So I didn't get to face him. I thought that would have been cool. But then I saw him at a golf course in Atlanta when I was with, uh, bueno, we were playing the Braves, I think 2018. And like he came in the clubhouse, and, like he was like a member of that golf course where he was golfing there. And like and he knows Bueno, and he's like, oh, Bueno. And I was like, oh, oh shit, it's Chip Jones. Like, <laughs> and then um, when I signed with the Cardinals, and like Wainwright texted me, I was like, oh my God, I have his number now. Like, Adam Wainwright texted me, like to say, like, welcome to the team. I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, like me and him in the clubhouse, and him and Yachty was like, like nervous throwing like a bullpen of Yachty and spirit chain, like, uh, hope I don't bounce anything. He's going to hate me. He's not going to catch me anymore. Like, that was kind of cool. So, Miles, you're kind of reminiscing a little bit, and this was probably going to be my last question for you because I know you already mentioned we're cutting into your, your binging time, so I don't, don't want to keep you too long. But what is the best memory of your professional career to date? My professional career, I think – Going to the All-Star game, but then getting to leave because my kids were being born, I think was pretty cool. Um, that's a neat story, and it was very hectic. And, I mean, I wasn't even really there for it. It was like an emergency C-section with the twins. But, like, making the All-Star team was super cool. But then, like, it's almost bittersweet. Like, I didn't get to go, but I got to come home. I ended up, you know, getting to come home for the Oscar race, which was awesome. And, you know, see my wife and my daughter and then the twins, you know, like in the Nick and everything I thought was, was pretty cool. Or hitting the home runs is cool. I always love hitting home runs. So it's really <laughs> And, and the, you know, being in the playoffs was cool, but hopefully I can say winning a world series at some point will be like my crowning achievement or a sign award or something like that. Absolutely. I'd rather win a world series than a sign award. Because I'm a team guy. Respect. Either one. I like it. I'm out. I don't have any questions. So, uh, we'll do these DMs. Let's do it. Got a few for Miles here and then uh, (coughs) wrap it up. Let him get back to his shows. Who the people want to know about. Yeah. Men of the people. Corey wants to know if you have any quirky pregame routines or habits. Uh, quirky, I don't think so. I'm not jumping on that line. I like to chew bubble gum and uh, oh, this would be the the weirdest one, I guess. In St. Louis, the ceiling in the in the weight room, like when I'm stretching the weight room before I leave, I gotta jump and touch the ceiling because that's how I know that I got that. Like I got you know I have the bounce in my leg. Most days it only takes me one try. It's pretty high. Got to be like <laughs> eleven feet, maybe more. Okay, so it's up there. It's up there. There's only like you know half the team can touch the ceiling in the, in the gym. Like it's a big, it's, it's a big deal. So I got to make sure I touch it before I pitch. Cause then I know my legs are feeling good. So it sounds like you were the guy that we're going to be sticking out in the outfield for this yeah. supposed game of 500 idea you got going. Yeah. Leaps. I got to take a few steps to run and touch the ceiling. Like <laughs> there's a handful of guys that just do it flatly and like bounce right up there. But I could throw a body on somebody in the outfield for sure. <laughs> Uh, Luke asks, who's your favorite teammate in the dugout? Ooh, that's like a super, that's a loaded question because you don't want to sell anybody we out. A, yeah, we won't ask you to pick favorites, but who are some guys that, that stick um, out? I mean, I, you know, as a starting pitcher, you're sitting with 
your starting pitchers. So I love sitting next to Flaherty because he's not afraid to start chirping at the other team if guys are are kind of you know acting out and you know we'll we'll get going kind of chirping at guys. Um, I'll sit there on the on the dugout bench with Gant and like do like little beats like like you know on the on the railing to get guys pumped up like a little little uh, you know bang on the war drums and you know snapping seas with Wayno <laughs> is always fun uh, you know shooting the shit on the bench so I'm I'm gonna say I'm I'm sitting with my with my starting pitchers and kind of kicking it with that that little group of guys. That's a good answer. This is a good question. So feel free to dive in. Brady asks, what does buying into the cardinal way and tradition mean to you? Um, I think it's just like being a being a good guy, being a good, you know, a, a stand-up ball player, uh not being too swaggy necessarily, doing things the right way. Uh, you know, not not trying to showboat or show anyone up, which I think is easy. Um and show up and play hard, you know, be 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 gritty and, and and kind of grind out there and but I think it's important it's just you know doing it the right way and doing it with with integrity you know we're not we're not trying to cut corners and and do this and do that we're just trying to just go out and win a ball game bottom line that's a good answer I, love I like it. that well, that's it man that's all we got cool that's all we got Pretty for you easy man. thanks for having appreciate me you yeah appreciate you hopping on here with us uh, is there anything before we before we let you go is there anything you need to plug um, just got my agency shirt on octagon kind of represent. Um, other than that, uh, I'm going to plug baseball. I hope it comes back. And when it does, I hope everybody is, is watching. Love it. Appreciate you coming on brother. Miles Michaelis. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Anytime guys. All right. That was the miles Michaelis episode. Nate, you know, the drill. Give me some of the highlights. First of all, I mean, the the five hundred game, getting a getting an opponent in the outfield. I mean, he said it was outside of the box. I mean, I love it, dude. That's so wild and so different. I mean, if he if he is gonna, well, not he, but if we as a baseball community ever decide to start the X MLB league, I mean, I feel like that's (laughs) the first idea you got to start. Like, you got to build. You got to build it on the foundation of that idea. Just MLB slugfest style. I love it. Um, he did intrigue me a little bit with the Adam Wainwright uh, seed yeah. info. I might have to go back and see if there's any like B-roll of him just sitting there weird. shooting seeds. I love that. I mean, I know that there's seeds in the dugout. I never would have guessed there's a plethora of pumpkin seeds to <laughs> to take, take a run at. But, the things uh, you whatever. learn. <laughs> um legitimate idea on the universal dh thing though i honestly that's something that i could get on board with like for both leagues i'm not gonna lie i i could see that in the ao and be okay with it yeah I mean, 100% he's, be okay he's quite it. literally taking the word designated and yeah. using it the way it's supposed to be used have you ever heard that idea i've i've never heard it anywhere i can't say i have i mean that's genius i it's i'm on board perfect. with it yeah I can't hate on it at all. And the fact that you can, I, I'd i say for sure, instead of just the overall starting pitcher, just use it towards a one one pitcher. Because like, like we talked about, there are teams that use an opener and they use it well, um, especially when you have guys that go down in like the rotation at certain points of the season. You're a man short in the rotation, don't want to call people up. Whatever, you use an opener. Right. But to designate it for a specific pitcher, I think that's actually brilliant. I would very much get on board with that at any point. I think another thing that was fascinating from our conversation with him was the, which I'm going to have to go back and Google it now at this point. Like I'm sure our listeners were already doing that as they heard it, but I'm going to have to go back and look at a layout of Bush stadium and see just exactly yeah. what this ball that he hit was. Yeah. To be able to match mad bump powers, something different. Well, I think he admitted. I think he was just a little short. He got him right? a little bit. Oh, okay. He still went probably 450. Well, I mean, <laughs> he said Madbum was going, what, third deck? Like in yeah. the actual seats? Seats? Different seats. What? Oh. Yeah. Dagger. Can't do it. The real the real ones, no. The yeah, real the ones, ones, no. no. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we haven't read off an ad in what feels like 
at least two months. I don't know. Even though it's probably only been two weeks. This but. this week has felt like two months, so I don't know. I'm just glad April's finally here. March was basically a year. Yeah, 100%. I, I was hoping all this April Fool's would just drop. Like did, all you fall, did you fall victim to anything? For April Fool's, we did have a, a thing at work. So we're in sales, so like it's very numbers-based. It's very performance-based. And we had our director come out and send like a mass email saying, hey, we adjusted goals back in January. Well, we're adjusting goals again this month, but in the opposite way for March. So we're actually going to take some sales that you guys did and give it to the web sales. So your goal just went up 10 grand on the month. So for those of you that didn't hit goal, sorry. And he let it sit for about a half hour. And then he sent out like, Hey, I'll be sending out your new tracker so you can figure out what your paycheck's going to look like. And then in in the email for the tracker, it was like this meme, basically That's somebody terrible. laughing. That's almost like too serious like, to where I'm like, you're legit. I'm, ta- I'm you're throwing my computer across money. the room. That's, <laughs> you're messing. I mean, that's good. That's, that's the, that's the route you got to take though. Like, you, yeah. you can't be obvious with it. You got to be subtle. And it sounds like it's, that's exactly what they did. So it was well thought out. I didn't like it. Kudos. Yeah. Uh, but wrapping it up here with the Miles Michaelis episode, overall thoughts? Um, Just love seeing how open these guys are. Love seeing how weird and quirky they are. He said he's not that quirky. He's definitely quirky. Him and Liam, definitely different. Pitchers are just built different mentally. It's cool to see this side. I love hearing stories. Who knew Adam Wainwright had some weird pumpkin seed flicking skills? Um, you know, the fact that it's just getting to, to hear about speculations and theories that we have as fans and getting them validated in certain ways by talking to these players is really cool. Um, we, him and, I mean, us three talked about stuff after the recording that we can't share because it's off the record but validated a lot of things that we feel and it's cool hearing their opinion and getting to connect with these guys so i hope you guys enjoyed i know i did couldn't have said it better is that all is that all we got that's it you Um, you sure that's all you got don't want to talk about any anything that may have happened last night for the first time Oh, you and I playing a little MLB the show. You beat me pretty good. I just, I, I wanted to make Got sure me. it was put on record. To be fair, that I'm not game let was you... very weird. I mean, if we're going to get in this whole headspace of just dropping excuses and, and everything. Okay. So for those who don't know, when you head to head with somebody online, I mean, you're like playing with a friend. I didn't know it was a setting, but it shows that you start out with a random count the quick for counts. EJB. So every count is different. My players, I felt like, were definitely better than your players. Because I'm playing, playing with, I'm literally playing with nine Joe Blows. Yeah. And yeah. you got, you're bringing, you're bringing Sanchez and Judge and yeah, whoever but else to the plate. All those players that I have that are better are starting with harder counts. So I just, for that exact just, reason. Yeah. So now I think, we're going to have to rematch eventually and we're going to have to get a, a normal baseball game being played. To be fair, we only set it for five innings and we ended up playing what? Like 11? No, we went it, deep. It went, no, it went nine. It went nine? It was a full game. We played more than that. Yeah, we went deep. Four extra innings being played. But I mean, hey, if you can't do anything with a belt high changeup with Aaron Judge, I don't really think you deserve a full no, count. Like a, a starting You never do that. There was fastballs up all day and that's my weakness. Now you... Said multiple times, how did I not hit that? It was right down the pipe. I should have recorded the game. But the detail that you're leaving out is that was my first game online with Diamond Dynasty. Which, by the way, our unis are fire. Yeah, 3 0 take unis. Time to get a league. Got to get a custom league. We can go up to 30 teams. Is it 30? Yeah, might as well take place of, I don't want to play with 30, you know people or 28 other people but maybe we can do like 10 I'd be 16 down. something like that just replace for fantasy baseball right now so if you got the show you got to get 20 so go do that and then 
Well, hold on. Is uh-huh. this like a first come first serve type deal at this point? Because uh-huh. if so, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be people hitting me up right now as they hear this in the DMs. Let's do it. First come first serve. If you want to play, let's play. So how Get many to- going. how many total teams? Let's go uh, including let's go like us. six. Let's go like 16. Okay. So 14 slots to fill. Yeah. Respect. I'm with it. I'm with it. That's it. Let's get out of here. That's all we got. You know the drill. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.